listening to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. This is Lauren and Shannon, teacher training duo of TefelHorizons.com. Each week, we bring you teaching advice, travel tips, and inspiring stories from around the globe. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, and thanks for listening to Expand Your Horizons. I'm Shannon, and in this week's episode, I'm very excited to be talking with Jocelyn Pollock. Jocelyn is the co-founder of Tuffle Pros at tufflepros.com, which she and her business partner created with the mission of offering the best online teaching certification available in the industry. Today, we're talking about her experience teaching in Thailand, as well as what inspired her to become a Tuffle entrepreneur and help other teachers achieve their goals through the certification program that she and her co-founder have designed. So if you've ever thought about teaching in Thailand, or if you're curious about different teaching certification options out there, this should be a great episode for you. So let's dive in. Hi, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to, to talk about TEFL with everyone. Awesome. And uh, thanks for being here in the evening. I know it's 9.30 p.m. where you are. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I actually, I live in Bangkok in Thailand. So um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a night city. So it's 930 here is not too bad for me. Okay. Good, good. Uh, yeah. 730 AM here in Portland. So we're on very different time zones, <laughs> but we're making yes. it work. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jocelyn, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're based, what you do, what your life is like right now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I have been living in Thailand for the last seven years, actually. Um, my plan was to come here to teach English for one, and um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I found a real passion in it. Uh, I was happier when I left work than when I arrived at work. So that was a big change for me from my uh, sort of previous life of corporate America. So I just really um, found that I loved teaching. I loved living abroad. I loved the excitement of it. Um, I met so many interesting people. So I am still living in Bangkok. Um, I still I still do some teaching, not as much as I used in Bangkok um, and living the teaching abroad lifestyle. And it's great. That sounds wonderful. And a really cool observation that one of the things that made you realize that this was a good fit for you is that you were happier at the end of the day after you'd been at work all day than when you got there. I like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's um for me, um I mean teaching is hard work no matter where you're teaching or what you're teaching. If you want to do a good job, it's it's not easy work. So I'll, for anyone that's thinking about doing this, um it's not, you know, my friends think, you know, at, at first when I came over, my friends thought I was like sitting on a beach in a hammock like drinking out of a <laughs> coconut all day. Right. <laughs> um but but uh but my my life is actually you know, my, my working life is actually surprisingly kind of, well, normal is not quite the right word, but it's not sitting on a beach drinking out of a coconut. Um, so teaching's hard work, but I, I really found that, um, that I loved it. So I, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people say, right, if you find something that you would do for free, then mm -hmm. you should keep doing it. And, and for me, I really found that, um, that teaching was something that, if I was having kind of a crummy day and then I went into work and taught a really, really great class because um, I was typically teaching in the evenings when I first started, um, 
it would just totally turn around my evening and I would feel so much better. I've experienced that as well. I've had those days where, you know, just a little off or I go into work with a headache or I'm distracted by something or worried about something. And then all of a sudden something clicks and it's like halfway through my class, I realize none of that has been in my head for the last yeah. you know, however long I've been teaching. It's I don't know if it's because there's a little adrenaline rush about being in front of the class or because you get really kind of absorbed in what the students are doing and their progress, but it's mm-hmm. a great, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into this field? Tell us a little bit about how you got where you are now. Sure. So um, I will uh, admit that I'm 34 years old now. <laughs> um, when I started doing this, I was, I was 27. And my mm-hmm. story is, um, I think, maybe a little bit uh, a little bit interesting because I uh, in I went to Miami University um, in I'm from America for those of you that can't tell from my accent um, <laughs> and uh, I went to I went to college and I actually I graduated with a triple major in history international studies and anthropology which all really lent itself to kind of a, a international working abroad, you know, I, I was really interested in that, that field and a minor in French, which I'm really embarrassed to admit because I can barely speak any of it now. So I'm not really a great example <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of language learning. But, um, so I knew that I wanted to go into that, that field. And what happened with me is that I graduated from college in 2007. And for anyone that's like around my age, um, will remember that the economy basically collapsed a year later. Um, and I had gotten a job working in inside sales, um, in downtown Chicago. And I just was kind of a job to, you know, get my first job, get out, get an apartment, like do that sort of, you know, early 20 something living in Chicago and having fun. But I really only was going to do that for a year. Also, I there's a theme in my career path, I think. Um, <laughs> but what ended up happening is the the economy collapsed um, and I had a job and all of my friends that had just recently graduated from college were all getting laid off. Nobody yeah. had a job. No one was making any money. Um, and I had a pretty good job working in sales and I was I was fairly successful at it. And I, I liked it enough to stay, but what I realized is that like I had no passion for it. Like mm-hmm. I was selling advertising, I was making good money, but I just I was like I, this is not what I want to do, you know, with my life. So right. anyway, I got TEFL certified in 2012 because I wanted to uh, teach English abroad and you know do something a little different for a year at 27, and that's sort of how I I got into it. And uh, it led me basically to where I'm at now after after seven years. In, That's awesome. Uh, in Thailand, said, but mm-hmm. in, yeah. And you said Thailand was your first stop, oh, was, so you went to Thailand and yeah, stayed. Basically, yeah. I, I mean, when I was in Chicago, I taught in some of the community centers. So there were mm-hmm. a lot of, um, I taught uh, Mexican immigrants. So um, that was sort of my first foray into teaching. And when I think back on it, um, Gosh, for anyone that's just starting out, uh, man, you really don't know what you're doing at first. You really don't. <laughs> um, but the, the women, oh man, but the women I was teaching were so wonderful, and I still keep in touch with so many of them. That's so Those great. Sort of my first, um, you know, yeah, like just getting into teaching, and then I actually taught uh, briefly in Cameroon because my sister okay. was living there. She was in the Peace Corps, 
So I went and I taught at a local high school, which was a totally different experience than Thailand. Um, and then I came to Thailand in October of 2012. Okay. And you've been there ever since. So yeah. obviously it's a yeah, good fit. Yeah. Um, what it's, led it is. You, it's a really good fit. What led you to choose Thailand mm-hmm. in the first place? What was it that attracted you about that place? Um, you know, I think uh, I, I kind of I knew that I wanted to teach in Asia. Um, I was pretty sure about that. Um, and so I looked at Korea and Japan and China and Thailand. And um, like I said, I had been living in Chicago for five years. And there were days in the winter when it was so cold that I had to walk down the streets with my eyes closed. <laughs> so I figured, okay, I'm just going for a year. I want to go somewhere that's like really cool. Like mm-hmm. I want to go to like a tropical, you know, uh, beach kind of like tourist hotspot. And so that's sort of what led me to Thailand. I mean, I didn't have like a, you know, passion for Thai culture or, you know, anything like that that really led me here. Um, I think I've only had Thai food like once in my life. I didn't know. I mean, like thinking back on it now, like, wow, that was crazy. But I um, I just really I wanted to, to go somewhere warm. I wanted to be in Asia. Um, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what what led me here. It's funny you say thinking back on it now because I've talked to so many teachers that have been in this industry for a while and I feel like the Mm -hmm. sentiment is always so similar. They're like, yep, it was totally random and then I loved it. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I like think about it now and I I packed like my backpacker backpack and Mm -hmm. a rolling, like a carry-on size rolling suitcase and like my laptop case and just was bought a one-way ticket and was like, here I go. Yep. And I think about that now and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I maybe I was a little bit nuts. But um, but, it, you know, the thing is, I think that the leaving part is like the actually just like getting on that plane and going is truly the scariest part. Because when you arrive wherever you are, are like, you know, I mean, you have to use common sense, of course. But like the world, in my experience, is not really that scary of a place like you figure it out like meal by meal you figure out like what to eat like yeah maybe you eat at 7-eleven for the first couple days you know but like you're eating you're not you you know you're you're okay and um you know people help you and so it it, the adjustment wasn't it wasn't that tough Mm -hmm. I am embarrassed very embarrassed to admit though that I brought a fork with me when I moved to Thailand because I was like (laughs) Oh, I don't know how to use chopsticks and everyone's going to use chopsticks. Okay, in Thailand, they basically don't use chopsticks unless it's a Chinese restaurant. Um, they use spoons to eat. So, okay. like, so you were that's fine. my kind of very embarrassing, like, <laughs> look, if I could do it and I was that ignorant, it's like embarrassing <laughs> for me to admit. But like, if I could do it and I was that ignorant about elephants in Bangkok, like, then I think that most people could do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that is kind of a weird contradiction that that getting on the plane part, like that buying the ticket and getting on the plane with mm-hmm. just the backpack, it's like the hardest thing and the easiest thing at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. It takes, I think, this mm-hmm. sort of massive amount of, of courage and motivation. But then again, the actions themselves are so small. And I've, again, talked to so many people who say things like, oh, you just packed a backpack and went. I could never do that. Like, no. You could. You just pull up, you know, mm-hmm. Expedia.com and, and you book your flight and you pack your bag and that's it. <laughs> yeah. You bring yeah. your toothbrush and, and that's, you know, you, yeah, you can, you can make it work. Right. And if you hate it, then you go home, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. 
Yep. Yeah. So in addition to teaching English, you and your business partner, Whitney, actually founded an organization or a company called mm-hmm. TeflPros.com. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell you about Tuffle Pros. I'm going to try not to plug it too much because I want to stay really, uh, you know, try to stay really balanced with stuff here. But yeah, in 2015, um, a co-teacher of mine, her name is Whitney, and I started a company called Tuffle Pros. Um, and basically what we saw was that we were mentoring a lot of new teachers that were coming in and, and starting, um, you know, starting their first job at the school that we were teaching at um, in Bangkok. And a lot of them just, they, they had a TEFL certificate, but it was just really a piece of paper. Um, mm-hmm. They couldn't plan lessons. They didn't know anything about classroom management. Um, they, they were really, like, fairly useless in the classroom. And so, um, you know, we were asking them about, like, what was their experience with the TEFL? And they were like, oh, yeah, I got it. You know, it just took me a couple hours. I, you know, yeah, I basically slept through the class or, you know, whatever. And we just saw that as a major disservice to the students. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people ended up actually not keeping their jobs because they really, really didn't know what they were doing. So we, um, we kind of started looking into the idea of, of writing and publishing uh, a TEFL course, an online course um, that was different from what everything else that was being offered. Um, A lot of the stuff that was being offered online was just really, really poor quality Um, and it was, it was not truly preparing people for like the reality of teaching. So we took a really different approach with TEFL pros and, um, we, our course kind of in a nutshell has nearly 50 hours of video. So for our course grads, it does a couple things. First of all, it's really engaging, um, and people can, you know, instead of just reading stacks and stacks of documents and taking multiple choice quizzes. Um, you can actually see us planning lessons um, and you can see those lessons being taught by real teachers in real classrooms with real students. So, um, you know, for, for class observation, um, you actually get 18 hours of observing classes, which is way more than you would get in an in-person TEFL course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also require all of our grads to write and submit lesson plans to us, which we, with our um our teacher trainers go over the lesson plans and give you feedback and walk you through them. So when you graduate from the course, you have a portfolio of lesson plans. So when you go on your interviews or start your first job, you can show that employer, like, look, I know how to plan lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really puts you a step ahead of everyone else that's like, oh, yeah, I got my certificate for 20 bucks on Groupon. Um, You're going to get that job over that person every time. So um, TEFL Pros, it took us about uh, a year to get it all built and published and accredited. Um, and we're really excited that we actually were, for 2018, um, by GoOverseas.com, which is a third-party third party rating agency, um, gave us, uh, they rated us the number one course out of all in-person and online courses for support. And we were rated number two for both course instruction and job assistance. So that was a really, um, you know, that was really big for us and very exciting. So for if any of our, our grads are listening, thank you guys for all going in and, and writing such great reviews about us. Yeah, that is an awesome accomplishment. Yeah. Great. And that is a ton so. of videos. So I know when you were sort of describing to me how the course worked, I something that mm-hmm. struck me was how um, it sounded like the the observation kind of progressed like 
from what you said, it sounded like the yeah. the candidate would actually get to see videos of a planning session, kind of um, get a look mm-hmm. at what that looks like, that planning process looks like, and then they would get to see that same lesson taught. They would observe that lesson in the classroom. Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. So yeah, so basically um, the, the course is 10 modules um, and oh, some, uh, there's some, that are kind of theory-based stuff, so it's not the lesson planning element, but the for the lesson planning elements, um, basically the way it works is that we have an instructor accompanied by uh, a reading. So if you want to watch and read, you can do that. Um, so we have we have that to start, um, which then m- moves into us actually planning out the lesson. So you see our hand. Let's say, for example, if it's a, a first day lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually see our hand writing out the full lesson plan and explaining each step of the way, um, mm-hmm. explaining, you know, how you have to time it and you need your materials and possible problems and all these different elements that go into lesson planning. And then you actually see that lesson that we wrote out and explained being taught by a real teacher in a real classroom. Um, and you have access to all of those lesson plans. So if you want to then teach it in your class, you are totally free to do that. Um, mm-hmm. We give you all the materials. If there's listening or reading or anything like that, we'll you know that's all um, all included in the um, in the the plans. And then the lesson plan. Um, so, for example, again, the first day, a first day lesson module. You actually write your own lesson plan for a first day class. And um, and so it's it's really good because it the the structure of the course actually mimics how a lesson, um, how a a lesson plan works. So we're not just teaching you how to write lesson plans. We're actually using the methods of lesson planning in the course to teach you. So you get to experience how a good lesson plan functions, um, in addition to seeing one and writing your own. And, um, it's pretty cool because the teachers on the course, um, we've actually got six different teachers Mm-hmm. from four different countries. Um, we have a language school director that uh, is teaching one of the classes. We have a non-native speaker. So we wanted to um, we wanted to get um, a real kind of mix of of people so you you know, so it's not all the same, you know, the same exact kind of lesson being taught over and over and over. Right. And not exactly the same teacher. So if you're observing these classes yep. on video, you're actually watching different teachers maybe handle things slightly different ways. Um, but that are still effective. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And I know, so, um, and it's, you were talking about the teachers that you met that had these sort of $20 Groupon TEFL certificates and what Mm -hmm. a big difference this makes. And I think that's really true. I've experienced that. You probably have too, maybe when you first started teaching. Um, I don't know if you've ever been asked by your students if you were a quote unquote real teacher before a class. Oh gosh. Um, I yeah. had, you know, the first yes. day of the class, I had some, <laughs> some very honest Hungarians in Budapest <laughs> ask me, you know, so are mm-hmm. you like a real teacher or do you just like traveling? Um, and it always would crack me up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast maybe even before, but I always think like in what other profession do you have to field that question? Like no one would ask, so are you a real dentist <laughs> yeah. or do you just like fluoride? You know, like yeah. that doesn't come up but I (laughs) yeah yeah. but then once you become familiar with the industry and you meet some other teachers who do 
have just a cheap TEFL that doesn't really mean anything or don't have any kind of certification and you see the way they're running their classes, then you understand mm-hmm. why that question happens. And um, yeah. so, yeah, this is sounds like a program where it's so much more than that. You're getting real training. You're learning how to plan lessons. Um, you're getting guidance the whole way. So that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we wanted it to feel... Um, you know, basically what we saw is, is so Whitney and I were both trained in an in-person course, mm-hmm. um, which are also great. I mean, you know, if you, if you have the means to do it, they're typically a little bit more expensive and you have to take a month off from work or school or whatever you're doing to actually go into the classroom. Um, yeah. and so we actually were both certified in person, but, um, the way that, but that was like more than, you know, for me, it was, that was what, almost eight years ago for Whitney, it was like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So things are very, very different now. Um, and, you know, the way we saw it is that education is moving online, like in every every element. And so um, what we wanted to do was build something that was a really good quality online because there just really wasn't anything in the market like that. And even now there are only like a handful of courses that um, that really are good quality and that can actually prepare you. So... Um, we wanted to make something that fit for, you know, someone that's maybe has weekends free or someone that's working full time, but they've got a couple hours in the evening or something like that. So it's it's good for someone that needs that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And maybe who's looking for a, a different price point or a different experience than like a CELTA course. Um, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. With Devil Horizons, we talk a lot about CELTA, obviously, um, Lauren and I are both CELTA trainers, so we love the CELTA course. We're big proponents of um, getting really mm-hmm. good training before teaching. But I know also it's a huge investment. Mm-hmm. Like I would say it's not a little more expensive. It's a lot more expensive. <clears throat> Excuse me. So mm-hmm. I know for some people, if they're not even sure they're going to love teaching, if they're not sure they even want to stay abroad and teach for more than a year or so, it doesn't make sense always to invest that much time and that much money. Um, but they still want to be good at teaching in the time that they're doing it. They want to feel like yep. they have a certification. They know what to do. They've they've had some really good training. So it's nice to know that there are some alternatives out there mm-hmm. that are actually quality um, yeah. and not yeah. just... We yeah. have a, a lot of our... Yeah, I would say a lot of our... Um, we have a lot of our grads that... Act- actually um, will come to us and they will take the TEFL first um, mm-hmm. just to, to um, I'm going to say warm up, but like, yeah, like what you're saying that, you know, maybe they just want to do it for a year or they'll take it before they take the CELTA um, mm-hmm. just to get them because, because CELTA is, uh, I mean, CELTA's no joke. It's, uh, it's, it's really it's not very <laughs> intense, but it yep. really, really prepares you. Um, I mean, you are a real teacher after you take that course. Um, so, uh, yeah, but a lot of people, like you said, it's, it's, um, it is pricey. And if you're, you know, if you're wanting to just go do it for a year, then it, it may not be the best, the best fit. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely see the benefits yeah. in having a really good, solid, um, crash course in lesson planning before jumping onto the Celta course. Mm-hmm. I think it would make a huge difference yeah. actually yeah. for incoming candidates to yeah. already have a sense of how lessons yep. are structured, how long that takes, how to anticipate problems. That's a huge thing um, that our candidates talk about on mm-hmm. CELTA courses is how on earth am I supposed to know how to anticipate problems? What kinds of things are going to come up in a class if I've never taught a class before? 
Um, so getting mm-hmm. that practice and anticipating those problems and then seeing what happens in the classroom in the video lesson would be extremely useful. Oh, yeah. The, those teachers in 18 hours, there's lots of problems that come up. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we didn't edit any of that stuff out. We uh, we left it all in. So when the students come in eight or when the teacher like mixes up their lesson plans or when the the audio didn't work for one mm-hmm. of them, and, you know, whatever. So we um, we didn't edit any of that stuff out because we wanted it to be very real. That is great. Very beneficial. Yeah. Uh, so where do your graduates <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> typically go or what do your graduates typically do after they finish the TEFL Pros um, certification course? Mm-hmm. So, um, so the course is accredited. Um, we're, we're an American company and we're American run, but our course is actually accredited out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our grads, I mean, they're really, they're, they're all over the world. There, there are a couple of really big markets for TEFL. Um, Thailand is huge. Um, Thailand, which, you know, for us works out quite well because because we're both veteran teachers in Thailand. Um, we've got a lot of really fantastic job connections here. I mean, very personal connections, people that we've worked with on big projects and all sorts of stuff. So, um, so a lot of our grads come to Thailand. Um, we have a lot going to uh, China. Um, China is really, really popular. Vietnam, um, Spain. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and like, uh, and Korea. Um, and then just sort of a smattering all over the place. We've got like a really, really active grad in, um, in Italy. Uh, she's, she's one of our favorites. She's always telling us about how she's using the different things from the course in her classes. Um, nice. we've got, uh, yeah, so it's, so they're kind of, you know, they're kind of all over, but, but most of them filter into the really, really big TEFL markets. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. would you say it's fairly easy for oh, them and to online. find? Oh, yeah. Sorry, good I'm point. sorry to interrupt. And online. No, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot. Yeah, a lot of our teachers are teaching online. And one of the questions that we get a lot is like, I want to teach online. Does this course work for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would say yes, absolutely. Because um, if you're teaching online, you still need to follow lesson plans. It's not yeah. like, oh, well, I'm teaching online. I don't need to plan anything. Right. Um, <clears throat> with a lot of the online platforms, they provide lesson plans for you. But like, you still need to know how to follow them. You um, do. You know, and you and, need that and, awareness uh, of why you're doing those things, not just sort yeah, of broadly moving yeah. through it. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, so yes, maybe class, the classroom management portions of a TEFL course aren't going to apply for an online teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lesson planning elements, the theory elements, um, stuff like that is still going to be really important for you to, to do your job well. And I know for online teachers, one of the biggest things is getting bookings. And yeah. mm-hmm. if you don't have good views, people aren't going to book you. And so like, okay, you, yeah, you got group on when you got the job you can't really deliver great lessons and so in the end like you're not going to necessarily get bookings there aren't people that sort of figure it out and and do it there are plenty but if if you're someone that that needs a little bit more training um you know you want to be really prepared for that then investing in a a good tefl is uh is definitely a better way to go it'll keep your Oh, sorry, just cut out for a second. What was it? Will keep your oh. <laughs> <laughs> it'll oh sorry, it'll keep your job more secure. Yeah, absolutely. And the students can tell the difference. Yeah. I feel like the students know when someone is just kind of signing on and 
chatting with them for an hour and thinking that that's a good lesson (laughs) versus someone who has a plan. They know how to progress through the stages of a lesson. It's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest, the biggest things is that uh, a lot of people assume that speaking English is the same as, as teaching English, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Okay. That thing, like sitting sitting in an airplane is the same as flying air. Like, it's not like, yeah, I can, you know, me and the pilot are both, you know, we're both sitting in the airplane, but (laughs) it's just sitting there. So like speaking English and teaching English are two totally different things. And Mm -hmm. confusing those two could really get you into uh, some very uncomfortable situations. It's so true. Yeah, this is another another thing that comes up a lot, I feel like. But um, so many times when I tell people that I'm an English teacher, I get reactions like, oh, yeah, I, I could totally do that. You know, I'm very comfortable with the difference between, you know, oh, there, yeah. there, and there, like the three spellings and, yeah, really oh. good at spelling. Um, <laughs> I know how to write paragraphs. <laughs> oh, is that all you think it is? Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting. So... That yeah. being said, going way back to when you first started out, I mean, you did get a certification, mm-hmm. an in-person certification, but mm-hmm. is there anything you wish that you'd known before you started teaching? Oh, um, you know, I, I wish, this is going to sound kind of corny, but I wish that I knew how much I would love it. <laughs> um, I, yeah. But like I w- because because what I did is I put all of my stuff in storage in Chicago thinking that like, oh, I'll be back in a year, which later proved to be a real pain trying to move it all out when I didn't have an apartment anymore in my Connecticut and trying to sort all that stuff out. Like, mm-hmm. I really wish that I knew like, wow, wow this is going to be a really, really awesome experience. Um, but in terms of in terms of like actual more like concrete skills in the classroom, um, I I wish that my TEFL course had prepared me more for um, some elements of teaching. Um, and that's something that included a little bit of information about in, in our course. I to Thailand with a f- and they, they, you know, because I was afraid that they were going to only use chopsticks here. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that for me, cultural elements, I don't expect TEFL course to like teach the culture of every country. But like, I would have liked my course to at least make me more aware to research and like mm-hmm. read about other teachers' experiences. Because when I walked into my my first class, um, I walked in and I I had like 20 15 year old girls in and I said, hi, everybody. How are you? And like robots, they said, I'm fine. Thank you. And you and I. I was like, oh my God. So like, yep. Oh, we're breaking like up a normal bit. thing. It turns uh-huh. out all the kids in Thailand. Oh, sorry. It turns out all the kids in Thailand learn a very specific speech pattern like that. Um, and so there are certain things like that. Like I wish that my course had encouraged me more to like read about the culture, um, and learn about more about the teaching culture of where I'm going. And Nowadays, with so many teacher bloggers, there's so many resources to learn that kind of stuff that, you know, maybe they weren't available when I took my course. Mm -hmm. But for anybody that is, um, you know, that's going to pursue this, I would say, like, 
find basics in, in the TEFL course, learn how to plan lessons, learn, you know, classroom management, all that kind of stuff. But then like take some time on your own and read about not only the culture of like, oh, there are temples in Thailand and everyone's Buddhist, but read some <laughs> of the teacher blogs, like mm-hmm. read, you know, read, read some of that kind of stuff so that you can know a little bit more specifically like what you're getting into in those classrooms and like what to expect from parents, what to expect from students, what management, um, because you'll, it'll really reduce the shock of all of it. Absolutely. That's such good advice. Definitely. Um, so what would you say is your favorite thing about working in this field in ESL? Maybe that's a hard question. Um, great things about it. Um, I, that feeling when a student comes to me and said, I got into university because you helped me get a good score on my test, or Mm -hmm. I got promoted because of my English skills, or, um, I, you know, here I got a lot, a lot of women that come to me and say, I got a foreign boyfriend, um, because I can (laughs) understand English better now, you know, if that's their goal, great. And they're happy. That's wonderful. But, um, I think for me, my favorite part it's just those moments when, um, you know, when I, I, I really am or I really have been able to to make a difference um, to, to help someone uh, to help someone like reach their dream, you know. And, and um, so that for me, that's what I really love. Um, I also maybe I'm like really crazy and loving this part, but I love the challenge of that really difficult student that just hates English class. They just hate it and they don't want to be there. And like either their parents force them to go or they're just, you know, they're, you know, they're in public school or whatever mm-hmm. and they don't want to be there. I love the challenge of turning that kid around um, and making them engaged with it. Um, maybe that's like my, my sales roots when I was can't come from working <laughs> business, but like I love that feeling of learning English. Um, and, and I get, you know, I, it's, uh, you know, for me with like a little bit of that sales background, I do get kind of a thrill out of that when I get the, the kid who was totally, totally disengaged and then they're into it. I don't always succeed in that, but, but getting that kid on board with it is, is always really exciting for me. That makes sense. And you get to sell your lesson in a way, you know, and it's true. I mean, English is, is something that needs to be made fun. Sometimes it's not just mm-hmm. grammar and learning these new words. It's communication and getting students excited about being able yeah. to communicate is a really cool thing. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, making it fun. Yeah, definitely. Even for adults, like that matters. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I teach, I teach mostly adults, so they, mm-hmm. they love playing games. They really do. And they want to communicate. So just saying, okay, this is the present perfect tense and we need to learn it doesn't really mean that much. Um, but Yeah, they're not into it. Right. But contextualizing it, okay, if you want to talk about all the cool places you have traveled in your life, this is the structure that we use. Um, it changes mm-hmm. the perspective. So yeah. last uh, kind of little question. Do you have a favorite travel destination, mm-hmm. even if it's not somewhere that you've taught or lived before? Um, okay. This also is probably not the most exciting answer, but now that I've lived in Thailand for seven years, (laughs) it's America. (laughs) Um, But, but, um, 
but you know, actually, so, so, uh, for me after living abroad for so long, um, it's really taught me so much about American culture, Mm -hmm. um, that it's because it's such a, um, a contrast. I've learned so much about American culture and there's so many things that like I've learned to appreciate. Um, there's so many things I've learned to, to miss that I just sort of took for granted before. And again, now that I've been out for seven years, I go back to America and there's so much stuff that I don't understand or that <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I almost feel for, I'm not quite that far yet, but cause I, I do go back for um, a couple months every year, but like there's certain things that I go back to America and, and like, it almost feels like a foreign country to me. So, um, my case might be a little bit different because I've, I've lived abroad for so long, but, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of like countries outside of my home country or, or places outside of my home country, um, I really, really have, um, fallen in love with Thailand. Um, there's, it's, there's a reason that they, they get something like 36 million tourists coming to Thailand every year. Um, and, and when I came here in, in 2012, it was at 15 million. So, um, in just seven years, it has more than doubled, um, in tourists, but there's still, you know, with that being said, it's not overrun. I mean, there's still is plenty of stuff to see and do, but, um, Thailand is just a, it's a really special place, whether you come here to live or travel or teach or whatever it's, um, it's, uh, there's, there's so much to see and so much to do and, um, the people are so friendly and helpful. And um, yeah, I mean, I would I would recommend this as a, a teaching destination mm-hmm. um, or, you know, if any I mean, if you you know end up anywhere in Southeast Asia, it's a trip to Thailand is guaranteed to be a good time. All right. So if I want to go to Thailand as a tourist, what would you recommend? Any mm-hmm. like must see places? Oh, gosh. Well, of course, there are all of the you know, the main sort of tourist things to do, um, you know, in the the temples and the street food and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing I would say to people is um, give Bangkok a chance. Um, okay. One of the biggest things, yeah, one of the biggest things that I hear from a lot of tourists that come to Thailand, um, people want to come and go to the beach, which is amazing. And, and the beaches are, um, you know, they're, of course, like come to Thailand and go to the beach, go to the north, um, see elephants, go hiking, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I would say give Bangkok a chance. Um, I can say from my own personal experience, when I arrived in Bangkok, um, I, and I was trying to like get myself settled. I had a moment where I stood in the middle of the sidewalk and I cried. So I can understand why people feel very overwhelmed when they come here. Um, because it is a big city. It's hot. It's fast paced. Um, but what I found is that a lot of people, put Bangkok on the front end of their trip when they're exhausted and jet lagged and like everything is extremely overwhelming and new or Mm -hmm. they put it on the back end of their trip when they've like already done all the beaches and they're like kind of ready to go home and they're like oh well I gotta go see Bangkok and it's like hot (laughs) and overwhelming and not super relaxing like the beach and so a lot of people um will say oh I went to I hated Bangkok and it's like well yeah of course you did you came here you slept for like two hours, um, you spent 24 hours in the city and, and then like headed to the beach. So, um, I would say for people coming to Thailand, um, give Bangkok more of a, more of a chance. It's a really, really vibrant, amazing city. Um, and there's so, and so much to do. And, uh, yeah, so I, I would say that don't just come for the beaches or for the, 
um, you know, the hiking and mm-hmm. a chance, give it more than a, you know, a 24 hour stopover. Good. That's good to know. I do have this image of Bangkok being just very chaotic. So it's, it's good to know that it's a good oh, it travel is. destination. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is very chaotic and very overwhelming. Um, but, but yeah, I would say like, give it, give it like, you know, a couple days if you can, if you have the time, it's, uh, it's worth sticking it out and, um, and you can find some really cool stuff. All right. Well, great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about TEFL Pros, about your teaching experience, your um, experience with Thailand. Um, if our listeners do want to know more about any of those things, um, TEFL Pros in particular, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, you can find us. Our website is tefelpros.com. Oh, it cut out again, but I'm assuming that was... everyone probably knows. Uh Uh-huh, so tefelpros.com. Bangkok internet. (laughs) Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. tefelpros.com. You can find us. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We've got some stuff on Twitter, but um, most of our social media is Facebook, Facebook and Instagram stuff. Um, Other thing that's really cool that that we do, which is totally different from any of the other online courses, is that we actually unlock a module of the course for free. Mm -hmm. That is very cool. So if you go to our website... Yeah, if you go to the website, you'll see a, a button for free trial on there. Um, and so you can you can check that out. It's module five. So there is some stuff that might not totally make sense because you haven't taken the first four modules, but it gives you kind of a feel for what we're all about. So we want to be really, really transparent and, um, you know, let people know what we're what we're all about. And we're not shy to, to show people that and show people what we what we've built. So um, no, no smoke and mirrors like a lot of the the other stuff that's out there. So, um, so you can, you can try a free, a free module of the course on there, but yeah, the website is, is kind of the, the gateway to all the, to all of our stuff. Perfect. And then you can find everything else there. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. well, yeah. Thank you again so much for being a guest on our show and, um, I'm sure we will be in touch. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and, you know, you guys have so many great resources and we're really excited that, you know, we're, we're sending our grads to you to, uh, you know, to read what you've got because people always, you know, they're always asking more questions. So thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice talking. Well, thank you as well. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. Feel free to leave a comment below if you enjoyed this and let us know what you want to hear about in upcoming episodes. If you know other teachers and travelers, we'd love for you to share this podcast with them too. And tune in this coming Tuesday for our next episode. Until then, you can find us at tefelhorizons.com. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons.